Hey, welcome back, everybody. The Captain's Log, Dr. Dollar, is live with us right now at his office in Fort Myers. Doc, you're staying open. We appreciate it. I know that uh, you are seeing some patients. Let me ask you, how many patients have you seen so far um, with these? Right, so we try to minimize the number of patients we see in the office. We are doing telehealth. Uh, so same idea that what you and I, we are doing right now, uh, you are about uh, 45 miles away from my office and we, I see you clearly on my Mac, uh, MacBook Air here. So uh, we do a lot of telehealth. Emergency patients do come to the office. The idea is to avoid them going to the emergency room. And because that's the one, we don't want to overcrowd them already. They are busy there. And, and two, I'm worried about the risk of infection there. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a, it's seriously becoming an issue right now, even locally. How's the, how have you heard, um, what's going on yeah. locally at the hospital? Yeah, so so I, I, today I was talking to some of my colleagues, some primary care doctors, they do diagnose more and more patients with uh, the coronavirus, some of them symptomatic, some of them asymptomatic, meaning they don't have any of the symptoms, the typical symptoms. And we do more testings. And uh, so we see it more and more here in town. Well, I know I have some questions. Uh, I want to run by you some questions that some uh, that have come in through text, DMs, and other things. Uh, is there a risk of getting COVID? Right, the COVID for, uh, from Purdue. Uh, hold on, let me start this over. <laughs> okay, so basically, they want to know: Can you get coronavirus from fresh produce in the stores? Great question. Uh, so, so, the, and there's no fair answer to that, but I'll, I'll tell you what I do and what I read about it and what other experts are doing in the field. Uh, so the other day I went to public supermarket and I see everybody touching the produce. Uh, you see, oh, they touch the, the cucumber and they touch the, the mango and they want to make sure the mango is ripe and they use their hands. Uh, so whatever I buy at Publix or wherever I buy stuff, I bring it home, I wash everything, with soap and, and <laughs> now about a year ago we said you know water is good enough now i wash it with a little soap uh, just because i'm obsessive compulsive maybe it's an overkill I, I, I but right now i really use soap to wash all the produce all the food all the vegetables now canned goods goods for example you buy canned corn i wash that can i wash the, the milk carton whatever it is i'm going to wash so the reason I wash why my I, hands afterwards, I spray, I wear, I do. When I went to public supermarket, I wore a mask. I guess the question that they're wondering is, is the food to carry, and really it's from people picking it up and looking at it, making sure they got the right tomato and their, right. their right. avocados are soft, et cetera, right? It's not so necessarily the fruit. The food no, is not carrying the virus. We know for a fact that you do not get the virus from food. We know that it's airborne. We know that it's from airborne droplets. We know for a fact that it's not from the food that you're eating. You can go to any restaurant you want. Everything is closed right now, but let's say you, you take home some food, you will not get that from that food. So uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and debunk the next question. Anything that's imported from China, um, is that infecting us here? And I. I'm assuming that that's not optional, right? That's not, Correct. that can't happen. That, that's not the case. I mean, we want to reassure people that, I, I mean, obviously everybody is buying less stuff from anywhere else in the world. 
um, um, just because you know Amazon, you, you we don't buy as much because we spend our money on other things, and and uh, so so don't worry about it right now. But overall, it's it's not likely that you're going to get anything, especially from food. And uh, again, wash it, keep hygiene. Uh, but again, this country needs to be sustainable. We need to keep everything here uh, that we won't have any problems. Doc, uh, next question was, is can a mosquito or a tick infect us? Can, can that spread the virus? And this, right now, there's no evidence for that whatsoever. There's no evidence that a mosquito or a tick can transfer that. Right now, it's human to human transfer. It's not another animal that can transfer it to you. How, if the blood is the cat, it's in the blood, and then right. a mosquito uses that or the tick uses it, I know there's sometimes blood transfers back and forth. How is that not passed? Great question. And, and you know, we know from malaria, for example, m malaria is being passed by, by mosquitoes. Uh, but this is different. This type of virus, it, the moment it goes to another host, it will not, uh, let's say, another, another animal. Uh, it will not go to you, back to you. It's being transformed. All right. So we have a bunch of questions. Um, some of them we've already answered in the past and some um, that we're going to go ahead and bring up again because people may not always tune into our podcast. Uh, this is the Captain's Log. By the way, Dr. Dollar, uh, Gulfstream Urology in Fort Myers. He also has Revitalized Lounge. We talk every Tuesday. He's my co-host on the Captain's Log. We do a great show. Um, if you guys haven't listened to other episodes, you certainly can download them. They're just right on our podcast link, the captain's log. You can find it anywhere. Um, does the CDC recommend the use of face masks to prevent the COVID? So the CDC does not recommend the use of face masks for the general population to prevent the COVID. However, you know, do What's I... What's your personal opinion on this? My personal opinion is that you should wear a mask when you go for example, to the supermarket. You should wear masks when you are outside, when you can see other people, even if they are 10, 15 feet away from you. Doc, and, yeah. I, it, my, in my recent observations, uh, people aren't <clears throat> taking a step back. They're not moving out of your way. I think all these things need to be taken into consideration. If we're supposed to be six feet apart and you're at a supermarket or grocery store, you have to, you're going through the entrance or something, you should pause. Right. I mean, am I crazy to say? You should no. pause, let the person walk through and right. then keep your six feet away and then you walk through, not only for your own safety, for, but for everybody's safety. Right. And, and that should be common etiquette that you're going to do that. The same as, as when you boat, there is a boating etiquette. You say hi to the other boater, you make sure that they are fine. Here, make sure you're fine. Hey, stay away from me right now because you should assume that not only you are a carrier, that everybody else is a carrier. Right. Uh, so protect yourself and protect others uh, from, from your comments. As I'm going through some of these questions, again, we've, we've answered some of them, but I want to ask you a question. Um, what have you seen recently uh, that has changed your outlook on the virus itself? So we, unfortunately in January. We did a podcast about the coronavirus in January. And unfortunately, we, we anticipated, frankly, I did not anticipate it to be so bad. Uh, the numbers are just, in the U.S., had increased tremendously. Uh, and, and it's scary. It's scary because the way I behave had changed. The way my kids, my wife, everybody else is behaving had changed. And I, my outlook overall that, oh, Three, four months from now, 
we're going to get through this. It's going to get better. However, I do think that this is going to come back. It's going to come back maybe mutated, maybe another cycle. You know, life is cyclical. You have ups and downs in life. So it may go away a little bit and then come back. Eventually, we are going to have a vaccine for that. That may take, you know, 18 months, 12 months, uh, maybe even two years uh, that we'll have a vaccine. How do you feel about the recent projections that we could lose 100 to 200,000 lives here in the U.S. from this virus? Unfortunately, I think that the numbers are, uh, are they are what they are. And, and unfortunately, these are the numbers. Uh, we don't have enough, you know, enough doctors. We don't have enough ICU nurses. We don't have enough janitors. Let's not forget the janitors. They are the one in the hospital that responsible, probably the most responsible for how clean the hospital is, uh, responsible for decreased prevention. Uh, and, and they are the one that unfortunately are getting paid the less and they're the one that did not sign up for this. You know, as a doctor, I signed up for this. As a nurse, we sign, they signed up for that. As a respiratory therapist, they signed up for that. But as a janitor, they did not sign up for that. That's right. And they get paid the least amount. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to thank everybody that is right now on the front line, all the emergency room doctor, all the respiratory therapists, all the janitor, environmental services, everybody. Jen has a good question here. Here's one that's interesting because at this point, almost everybody probably knows somebody who is infected or has been infected. Right. What should they do if I've had close contact with someone who has been infected, who actually is currently infected? What do they do? Right. So, so first of all, if you had had a close contact, let's say a, one of your friends is infected and you- No, let's take it further. What if there's someone in your home? Excellent question. Excellent question. So, so, and, and there are, there's, there are, we, we have recommendation for that. One, that person need to isolate himself from the rest of the family. So find one room that it's going to be the room for that person that is infected. Okay. And, and make sure that when you go, you don't go to that room, but if you leave food, you're going to leave food outside. He'll open the door. He or she opened the door and, and, and if you have to do anything, use glove, use mask, use a hair cover. Remember, this sticks to your hair. In my case, it's not a big deal, but in most people, it, it is a big deal. Wash your hair. You go outside, wash your hair, change your clothes, change everything. It, wash your face as well, very, very well. Is the taping with the plastic sheen, you know, that they're putting up in the hospitals, is that something you might want to tape your door? I don't know. I mean, is there a reason for that? Or is it because the hospital has so much traffic that, that it makes it even, you know, another well, the hospital, protection? when people come, they have, and with the virus, they have a significant viral load. So if somebody is infected in the house, it's not unreasonable to take a tape you know, it costs nothing. Go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy some masking tape and put it around the door. But again, that room does need to have ventilation that, that you know, open the window that to the outside. That, that person is going to have ventilation there. Do you suggest that that's actually going to help in the situation? I mean, what is I, that going to help I, with the airborne? Because you want to avoid, let's say, God forbid, you develop it. You want to know that your two kids are not going to develop it. So, because every one of us still is a vector, can transmit it to somebody else. And so, so that's going to help. Okay, I'm going through some of these questions. Again, we talked about the use of face masks. Has that changed on your end? I know previously you said um, that you don't. Yeah. 
you know, you're not into the face mask. Now you I, are. And, and, and I did change. And I change, I changed my opinion about that. You know, when, when we talked about that in January and February, it wasn't a big deal. Now I'm just scared that the viral load, the amount, just think about it. You don't have an umbrella when it's just a little drizzle. But when it's pouring rain, and now it's pouring rain. When you go to the supermarket, it's pouring rain. You know, everybody, you just think about it. Everybody is a suspect and you, you need to protect yourself. How do you protect yourself? The mask, it's better than nothing. It's, it's not perfect. This is not an N95 mask that you're going to wear in the hospital that protects you, that you have the full gear on you, uh, essentially a hazmat suit, but it's better than nothing. Okay, Doc. Uh, symptoms that you should be checked for if you feel like you may have the virus? What are the top symptoms? I know everyone's talking about this, but I've also heard some new things that have changed as well. And maybe you didn't sure. hear about it, but I, you know. So let, let's go over the most common symptom. The most common symptoms is a fever. Okay, so fever. Then upper respiratory. So you all of a sudden you have sore throat. And, and sometimes Do you have to have a sore throat and a fever at the same time? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Everybody's symptoms, they can start from no symptoms whatsoever to mild symptoms to more severe symptoms. So the sore throat that you can develop. And you can have some, 10% of the patient have some stomach ache. And so all of a sudden you feel like things are not right down there. Then you have a lower respiratory infection. You have difficulty breathing. And about 10 to 15% of the patients have decreased in the sensation of taste as well as that smell. That was what I was going to ask you. So they're getting that because of what? We are not sure. We are not sure why the virus itself is attacking those specific cells. We know that the virus has affinity to your lungs. We know that the virus has affinity to your bowel. But we are not sure what's the affinity there to your taste buds. How do we know that? We know that from ear, nose, and throat doctor that say they diagnose patients that that's how they present it to those ENT doctors. I know someone personally here in Naples that has recovered. Thank God they're completely healthy now, they say. Um, so that's amazing. But she was one of the first people I saw that was posting that she lost her taste and mm -hmm. the smell completely. Yeah. And um, she, I guess, did a bunch of research and saw that the UK was already reporting that people were doing that which was new to me because I wasn't really aware of it. Yeah, yeah. I was aware about, about two weeks ago, I, I, I read a couple of articles about that, specifically from ENT doctors. Wow. Okay, Doc. So uh, we're now in what? Uh, I don't know, 30 days of isolation almost, right? Everybody yeah. here in, in this area. Do you feel like we're doing enough? I don't. I really don't think that uh, the, the public itself, despite the fact that we're at home, a lot of us are at home, the kids are at home, and we're all scrolling up and down Facebook and, and Instagram and everything else, we are still not doing enough. I, I think that we are not taking it seriously enough. I think that this is serious, that we have to do everything else to, to flatten that curve. And I do read people saying, you know, that's complete nonsense, you know, all these people. But again, you have to understand, even if you don't believe in that, if you overwhelm the hospital, God forbid, Captain Brian, and you develop appendicitis, nothing to do That's with right. corona, you are screwed. If you all of a sudden have chest pain and you have a heart attack, you are screwed. Why? Because there are no beds. There's no ventilator. They cannot do anesthesia on you. They cannot do anything. When the system is overwhelmed, all of a sudden, you cannot do cataract surgery. You cannot do cornea surgery. You cannot do things that are, had been 
So people are going to have diseases. They are going to die from that. They we never died from those diseases. We ne people didn't die from gallbladder or severe cholecystitis, inflammation of the gallbladder. Right now there are no beds. People are scared to go to the hospital. Rightfully so, and the system is overwhelmed. The key is not to overwhelm the system. The key is really to to try to do anything you can do to help everybody. It's your responsibility, Captain Brian. It's my responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility. Your life and your health affects my life and my health. That's what people need to really start realizing. Even when I see on Instagram two or three or four girls hanging out at the pool together, we're, we're doing our quarantining, blah, blah. To me, it's just like, nope, that's not really uh, the right thing to be putting out there. What do you think? Absolutely. So, so hanging out together, you know, the reason you and I were doing this podcast, we used to sit next to each other in the car. We're doing this podcast, podcast 45 miles away on, on, on right now. We're doing it on Zoom. And that's because we are, we are responsible. We're not going to post, hey, buddy, buddy, high five here. There's no high five here. I don't see the NBA cancel all the games. Just think about NBA cancel how serious it is. Why? Because NBA without high five is not NBA, right? Let's talk real quick about something that came to my attention uh, this week in a post that really, to me, was the first thing I thought of was the NBA players that have been sick uh, or who have con contracted the virus. They're saying that a percentage of the patients are not seeing their lungs come back to 100% recovery. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Unfortunately, uh, patients that get the virus itself, they have something called pulmonary fibrosis. So the lungs themselves become very stiff. It's very difficult to take a deep breath. The expansion of the lung does not occur. The elasticity of the lung, it becomes more stiff. And, and that's a problem. I, yeah, it's, it's a I, problem for the long run. Right that's now, what I mean, so, yeah. Captain Brian, right now we live day by day. We want to make it through the next day. But, but eventually we are going to get through this. There's no question in my mind that we're going to get through this. And, the, the, the key is also the long run effect from this virus. Dr. Dollar, how confident are you? I know that you said 100% you're confident we're going to find a cure or a virus or some, something for the virus, yeah. um, a vaccine. How do you feel at this point? Yeah, so I am confident that we are going to overcome this. I, I'm 100% confident that we are going to win. I'm 100% confident that we are going to have a vaccine, and I'm 100% confident that we are going to have some type of a medicine, a cure uh, um, for this. The timetable is, for when it comes to medicine to fix this problem, i.e. if you have, get the disease, I need to give you something to alleviate the problem. I think we're talking about a few months. Uh, you're talking about two or three months, we're going to have something. But a vaccine, no matter how you look at it, with the best case scenario, we're going to have it sometime next year. Nothing this year for sure. So a vaccine next year. But you have to remember, you have to vaccinate the entire population of the world in order for it to work. And you're talking about a lot of people here. Just to make it will take a few years. Okay. Uh, so we are talking about a couple of years for the vaccine. Well, everybody has questions. Um, you have the answers. It seems that you've been spot on since January, and I appreciate it. And thank you for um, all your time. I know you have a lot of patients backed up today. You're open, which is uh, a blessing for anybody who needs any kind of medical attention. You're there for them. Thank you so much for doing everything you do. 
uh, Dr. Dollar on the captain's log today. I appreciate it. And uh, be safe, buddy. We're, yeah, this is what we're doing. You know? Stay alive. Stay alive. That's right. Like the Be song, like the BG songs. Staying right. alive. You remember that song? Yeah, Doc. Thank Captain you so Brian, much. Take care. All right. Be good.